بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الحمد لله tonight is the 24th of June in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 62nd night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and I'm on the subsection in which we're taking a few examples of his abhorrence of innovations. So in a hadith in Tabarani, Sahih, Targhib number 47, Amr ibn Zurara, Rahmatullah alayhi, relates, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu, he once stood by me when I was relating a story. He thereupon said disapprovingly, Ya Amr, وَلَقَدِبْ تَدَعَ وَلَقَدِبْ تَدَعَتَ بِدْعَةً دَلَالَةً أَوْ إِنَّكَ لَأَحْدَى مِنْ مُحَمَّدٍ وَأَصْحَابِهِ You have innovated a misleading innovation or you are more guided than Muhammad وسلم, and his companions Suddenly I saw the people dispersed from around me until nobody was left so in this Sayyid Hadith in Tabarani, what was this man doing? He was, we call him Kisi, uh, stories, just relating stories. So Ibn Mas'ud, what did he say to him? He goes, You have innovated a misleading innovation. Oh, you are more guided than Muhammad and his companions. Look at how beautiful that statement is. He goes, either you've innovated or you are more guided than Rasulullah and his Sahaba Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then the report says the people dispersed from all around him. They just completely ignored him after that because Ibn Masood condemned him. So this storytelling, what is this? Hafiz Ibn Kathir in Al-Bidayah Ubaidullah ibn Nafi rahmatullah he said tales were not told during the era of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa no during the era of Abu Bakr Umar or Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala the first incident of storytelling occurred during the fitna i.e. the political strife so look how strange this is so common now stories you know, like legends and people just, you know, they can go on forever with these stories. In fact, people are praised for knowing more about the legend. So if a person can mention 26 anecdotes, another person knows 30, he's praised. So it's actually a challenge. This is what was foreign in the time of the Khilafah Rashidi. When did it first occur? Look how interesting. The fitna. It is further related. In Dirasa Fil Al Hawa, page 239, the Amir al Mu'minin Sayyidina Ali ibn Abu Talib, he prohibited the storytellers from plying their trade. This is because they speak to people with strange narrations, unclear verse, and what they could not comprehend or what they are not familiar with. 
He radiallahu however permitted those well versed in the knowledge of Sharia to narrate such narratives to the people. So here Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali radiallahu he prohibited storytellers but he allowed those who were well versed in Sharia. Why? Because it does have a place. And that's why if you notice even in books of virtues you'll get the Quran, the Sunnah then you get narratives at the end. Why the narrative is just like the finishing touch to, for example, they'll talk about Salah. The Quran mentions virtues of the Salat, the Sunnah mentions virtues, then they'll turn to eventually the narratives. So somebody goes, that's storytelling. That's fine because the Shariat is back with the Shariat. This is what Hazrat Ali said, it's fine when you do it like this. For instance, Hafiz ibn Jawzi rahmatullahi in his Al-Muntazim fi tarikh Al-Muluk wal-Umam 5-70 Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu he once saw a man narrating and he asked him do you narrate tales whilst we are so close to the era of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I shall now ask you concerning this action of yours and you had better answer me if not I will beat you with this whip. What strengthens the religion? What brings about its demise? Or demise? So stop in the report. So Hazrat Ali notices a storyteller. First rebukes him. He goes so close to the time of the Prophet and you're doing this. He goes, now I'm going to ask you a question. If you answer it, fine. If you don't, I'm going to strike you. What was the question? What strengthens the religion? What brings about its demise? The man answered, That which strengthens the religion is piety, and that which destroys it is greed, I being selfish and thinking only of yourself. Sayyidina Ali thereupon said, You have answered well. Go ahead and narrate, for it is someone like you that should narrate. Now be honest, if that question was posed to us, what strengthens the religion and what brings about its demise? Yeah, I'll tell you straight. Million and one answers you're going to come out with. The answer was, piety strengthens the religion. Greed, thinking of yourself, destroys it. He goes, answered correctly, he goes, narrate. So meaning, if you're well-versed, then you can narrate. Why? Because you will not transgress. Priorities need to be put in order. One should thus be well-versed with the divine revelation before moving on, on to other subsidiary matters. Now there's a report. <coughs> In Abu Nu'ib al-Hiliya Sayyid Hadith, the Prophet wasallam he said, the Bani Israel were destroyed when they resorted to tales. The Bani Israel were destroyed when they resorted to tales. So now if you look at the Bani Israel, why is it important for us to remember them? Because the Prophet said, you're going to follow them. Inch by inch, yard by yard. What did he say caused their destruction? Something unusual, sallallahu alayhi wa Tales. They start telling, storytelling. Have we not gone down the lizard's hole? Right? And what happens? People become fascinated with this. And they become so well versed in this. That they forget the divine revelation. How common, alas, is it now to see a person well versed in the art of debate. <clears throat> I debating with others from other religions, sects and even schools. Yet at the same time, their knowledge of the divine revelation is extremely poor. Mm. 
So isn't there a misbalance there? And what's strange is those same people are inviting you to the Quran and Sunnah. <laughs> if, if a person actually says, what, what are you inviting me to? Is the Quran and Sunnah. So what's in the Quran? How embarrassing is that? And how often does a person ask a question about a verse of the Quran? You haven't got a clue. So you're giving your, I'm inviting you to Quran. Because uh, in the Quran it says, uh, next minute, you're thinking, is that a verse? Is this a trick question? I don't even know if it's a verse. There you go. What are you doing? You're inviting to something you've got no knowledge of? Isn't that a sign of the hour? Astaghfirullah. Sunnah, you know, fruit gets open, isn't it? Astaghfirullah. How common is it to see a person well-versed with the narratives of the saints, yet their knowledge of the companions extremely poor? And this is actually one of the reasons why the work Hayat al-Sahaba by uh, Sheikh Yusuf Khandalwi was written. Because he noticed that people were, especially in the Indian subcontinent, they were so well-versed with the Oliya narratives. Didn't know anything about Sahaba. So he actually did this and he was blessed. The, the book was blessed. You know, notice every Sunni under the sun quote that word. How common is it to see a person putting all his energy into fiqh whilst letting his heart go to waste? This is another illness. For Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our complaint. So now there's a very famous narrative about innovations which I'm going to mention. So... I'll give you the reference first because it's important whether this is established. So this narration is recorded in Tabarani in his Kabir, Darimi in his Sunan, number 210 or 1-79, Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, number 5409, Al-Hatimi in Majma Az-Zawaid, 1-181, he comments upon the chain of narrators. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 800 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani, rahmatullah, stated, Sahih li Due to the various change which strengthen each other. In his As-Sahiha, number 2005, as did Sheikh Salim al-Hilali amongst others. So stopping the reference. So this narration is definitely recorded in the famous works. Sheikh al-Bani, rahmatullahi, looked at all of the chains. He goes, it's authentic with all the chains combined. And other scholars also followed suit. However, Amr ibn Salima al-Hamadani, in the chain, who's a narrator in the chain of this report, is a weak narrator. According to Hafiz Zahabi in his Mizan al Itidal 3-293, Al Duafa wal Matrukim, number 3299, and Al Mughni Fil Duafa 2-491, Al in Majma Az Zawaid 1-181, Imam Sayyuti in his Al Hawi 2-31, and Natijat Al Fikr Fil Jahdi Bil Dhikr. So, there is a person in the chain and he's been disputed. And many of the Hadith masters have said, this is a common person in the chain and he's weak. So why is that important to highlight before narrating this incident? Because you're going to get this straight away. Some people will not accept this report. Because it's a weak report. So why are you narrating it? So you have to explain to them, say, you're right, scholarship have mentioned there's a weakness. But other ulama have looked at all of the chains and they've said that it's authentic. So having said that, now we can go to the report. And in the report, I'm going to add details from other reports to give you a bigger picture. 
الحکم ابن المبارک رحمۃ اللہ علیہ ہی ریلیز فرام امر ابن سلیم الحمدانی رحمۃ اللہ علیہ حسد وی یوز ٹو سٹ بائی دا ڈور آف سیدنا عبد اللہ ابن مسعود رضی اللہ بفور دا فجر صلاح انودر ریپورٹ مینشن بٹوین مغرب اینڈ عشاء سو دیٹ وین ہی واکڈ آؤٹ وی ووڈ واک ود ہم ٹو دا مسجد اسٹاپ ان دا ریپورٹ سو دس از دا لف دا شیخ دے ووڈن ڈسٹرب ہم دے جسٹ ویٹ respectfully outside his dwelling when he came out they followed him one day Abu Musa al-Ashari radiyallahu came to us and he said has Abu Abdul Rahman emerged yet radiyallahu we said no does he also respectfully sat down with us until he eventually emerged so stop in the report so now a sahaba comes very famous sahaba called Abu Musa al-Ashari He asked the Tabi'in, has the Shaykh emerged? He goes, no. Even he doesn't knock. He just sits with the students. When he emerged, we all stood along with him. Then Abu Musa asked him, radiyallahu, Oh Abu Abdul Rahman, radiyallahu, I have just seen something in the masjid, which I, my good feeling, deem to be evil. But all praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I did not see anything with my eyes except good. I, thus I have come to you for clarification. So stop in the report. Who was he confused? The ones who were waiting uh, outside the... Who was he confused? Are you with me? Are you all sleeping? <laughs> so Ibn Masood confused himself, right? Who is he confused? This is why I'm stopping, because I know that after you eat, blood sugar kicks in. Abu Musa! Right? Imagine if I'm just narrating the report, you're, you're finished now! Imagine, no, I'll be going, you'd only be seeing my lips moving like this, right? So Abu Musa, he's seen something. And what does he say? I've seen something in the masjid. My good feeling is evil. But Alhamdulillah, I saw nothing but good. I know that they put out the detail. This was the masjid of Kufa. This is in Tabarani, Al-Haytami, in Majma Al-Zawaid, volume 1, page 181, comments upon the chair of narrators, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 799 of the New English Translation. Kufa. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud asked, Then what is it? What did you see? So Abu Musa radiyallahu said, If you live, you will see it. Some of the report. How strange a statement is that? That's like me and you walk into the masjid and I say, If Allah Ta'ala gives us life, you'll see it. I'm just going to go into the masjid. You're not going to drop dead away. Look at how death was prominent in their lives. If you live, you will see it. I saw in the masjid... people sitting in circles waiting for the salah in each circle they had a pebble in their hands and a man said repeat Allahu Akbar 100 times thus they repeated it a hundred times then the man said repeat la ilaha illallah 100 times thus they repeated it a hundred times Then he would say, say Subhanallah a hundred times. Abdullah ibn Masood then looked at Abu Musa. What did you say to them? 
Abu Musa radiyallahu said, I did not say anything to them. Instead, I wanted to hear your view or what you declared. So Abu Musa looked at his wisdom. He thought, why am I getting involved with this one? The senior companion is here. He goes, I have no view. I was waiting for you. Ibrahim Masood was angry. Would that you had ordered them to count up the sins they had acquired and assured them that their good deeds would not be lost. So what he was saying was, you saw an innovation. They actually touching up sins. But Allah will not let them lose their deeds because this is in worship, not in belief. We then went along with him quickly until he came to some of the circles. So don't forget, it's not one circle, there's a couple of circles. They're doing the zikr. He said angrily, what is it that you are doing? They replied, O Abu Abdul Rahman, these are pebbles on which we are counting takbir, tahleel and tasbih. He angrily responded, count up your sins. Woe to you, O Ummat of Muhammad, how quickly you go to destruction. These are his clothes, which have not yet decayed, and his bowl, which is not yet broken. In another report, there's an addition. You have wounded astray so quickly, even whilst the companions of Rasulullah are still alive in your midst, when his wives are still young, and when his clothings and utensils are still as they are, by him in whose hand is my soul, either you are on a religion better guided than the religion of Muhammad, or that you are opening the door to misguidance. So stop in the report. That we'd say he came down like a ton of bricks. What on earth are you doing? And what did they say? They were baffled because we're doing zikr. What? What's wrong with this? And look what he said. Because Rasulullah's clothing hasn't even, you know, decayed. His ball isn't broken. His wives are still with us. And you're going off track. In another report, there's an addition. Abu Bakhtari, Rahmatullah, added, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, who came to this group, wearing his high hat. Another report adds, he had covered his face. Refer to Tabarani, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 800 of the New English Translation, and he sat with them. So this is interesting. The other report was he was disguising himself. <laughs> so he had a hat, he covered his face. He was watching them. <laughs> Another report adds, he stood between the two groups and asked, which of you two was before the other? When the one group said we were the first, Abdullah ibn Masood ordered the other group to join them, combining them into one. This is in Tabarani, Al-Haytimi and Majma Az-Zawaid, Volume 1, page 1 in 1, comments upon the chain of narrators, Hayat al-Sahaba, Volume 4, page 799 of the New English Translation. Now what's he doing? What did Rasulullah hate when there was a group of Muslims? He hated them to sit separately. He was on a campaign and the Sahaba separated. He goes, come together. Shaitan is amongst you. So Ibn Masood saw all these separate circles. He, he goes, who, who was first? And then he told the other group, come together. The report then says, when he heard what they were saying, 
he the stern man that he was he stood up and said i am abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala besides whom there is none worthy of worship verily you people have certainly perpetrated a terrible wrong by carrying out this act of innovation have you superseded rasulullah's companions sallallahu alaihi wasallam a person then got up and he said his name was ma'dad he said by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we never intended to perpetrate along with this new act nor have we superseded the companions of rasulullah in knowledge so stop in the report what did he testify to he testified he's innovated with knowledge he didn't say i didn't know this was an innovation what did he say we never intended to perpetrate a wrong with this new act this is why ibn mas'ud was furious he wasn't out of ignorance nor did we think we had more knowledge than the sahaba amr ibn utba said o abu abdul rahman we seek forgiveness from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meaning we made a mistake thereupon abdullah ibn mas'ud told them radiyallahu it is compulsory for you to follow the path of rasulullah and his companions to strictly adhere to it by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you do so you will advance far ahead and if you start swerving to the left and right you will stray far off this is in abu naim al hiliya volume 4 page 381 Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 798-9 of the New English Translation. They thereupon faithfully said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O Abu Abdul Rahman, we only intended to do good. Isn't that a classic line of an innovator? What are you doing? Well, there's nothing in the Sharia, but it's obviously good, isn't it, brother? We're all doing the root sharif, we're doing zikr. No, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? They said that to Ibn Masood. We only intended good. What did he say? This is what he said. Alas, how many intend to do good, but they don't achieve it. Indeed, Rasulullah said to us one fateful day, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, our people will soon emerge who will recite the Quran. It will not pass their throats. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I do not know who those people are, but perhaps most of them are from you. He then left them. In another report it mentions, Ibn Mas'ud then ordered them to disperse. This is in Tabarani and Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 799 of the New English Translation. So stop in the report. What did Ibn Mas'ud say? <laughs> This is what you said to the end of it. How many intend to do good? but they don't achieve it so let me ask you a question were they doing anything wrong if you break it down to the nuts and bolts they're doing zikr they weren't sinning they were doing zikr la ilaha illallah allahu akbar subhanallah they were sitting together one of them was saying repeat that's logic logic has no place in our deen when revelation supersedes it he goes rubbish then he said something very interesting how did ibn masud know these were the khawarij they hadn't emerged yet amr ibn salima added subhanallah years later we saw most of those same people 
fighting against us on the day of Nahrawan along with the Khawarij. So what was Ibn Masood saying? You start off with a small innovation. You end up causing havoc. Imagine those same people, who did they end up fighting? Amin al-Mu'mineen, Ali. Somebody goes, where did the illness come from? <laughs> the illness came from they allowed innovation into their life. If you've got any Iman in your heart, you would be frightened to death of innovation. Why? Because that is the stepping stone to becoming a deviant in belief. An innovation of worship will lead to an innovation in belief. And what, what did the Prophet say about the Khawarij? They are the dogs of hell. They are the dogs of hell. This is recorded in Ibn Majah. Sayyid Hadith. So, did they just wake up one day with Khawarij? Imagine you ask the question, where did they come from? And somebody goes, they came from Zikr circles. Come on, brother. I know you you know, you got a problem against Sufis. But what, you can't say that? Why can't I say that? That's where they came from. The Khawarij. Such is the ultimate fate of those who get involved in so-called innocent innovations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves. I mean, now this is an important point to finish. It is very important to note here that this narration does not in any way condemn gatherings of group dhikr. For evidence of this can be found in abundance. Take for instance the following report. I'll give you one. In Ahmad in his Zuhd, Imam Sayyuti in his Natijat al-Fikr fil-Jahri bil-Dhikr, Hafiz Munawi in his Faidul Qadir 1-457, the great-grandson of Ibn Mas'ud. So who was his great-grandson? Abdul Rahman, the son of Abdullah, the son of Utbah, the son of Ibn Mas'ud. He relates from Amr ibn Shakik, who relates from Abu Wa'il, who said, those people are slanderers who claim that Ibn Mas'ud used to prevent loud dhikr. Indeed, I never sat with Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud except he was performing the dhikr of Allah. This is very important. If you look at the previous report, granted there's a difference of opinion about the authenticity. If you don't think it's authentic, then obviously you can stop there. But if you accept it as an authentic report, then it's a proof. But whatever way you take it, you have another report. And what did one of the uh, students of Ibn Masood say? You slander Ibn Masood if you say he prevented loud dhikr. He goes, I never sat with him. He was doing dhikr. So what was being condemned then in the previous report? What was condemned in the former narration was the manner and fixed timing in which it was done. Say that again. What was condemned in the former narration was the manner sitting in separate groups with pebbles and an emir amongst them and the fixed timing, salat, before salat, in which it was done. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Why? Because some people use this report to condemn dhikr. Because group dhikr is condemned. Ibn Masood condemned it. And he goes, hmm. where did he condemn it? He goes, oh, I thought you knew Hadith. And they call this report. And he goes, okay then. So why, how does, how does that prove that he condemns group zikr? Look at the report. Then you say, well, isn't there other reports where 
his own student says, you slandered him if you say that. So no, don't be childish by quoting these reports. An innovation took place. Ibn Masood nipped it at his butt. But those people ended up being amongst the Khawarij. So question, did they truly repent? No. This is the problem with, with, with innovators. They might say, please pray for our forgiveness. So what's interesting, did Ibn Masood pray for their forgiveness? He doesn't mention that. As if he knew these people haven't got it out of their heart. And because I can see, and this was the firasa, the spiritual insight of Ibn Mas'ud. So note, Ibn Mas'ud, he was very firm against those who innovated. And there's no such thing as a pleasant innovation which causes no harm. This is what shaitan whispers into people. These people became khawarij. Imagine the humble beginnings in inverted commas. What did they end up? Killing Saab. Imagine that one, innit? How did we end up killing Saab? So all I mentioned again today was a few other reports where the great Ibn Mas'ud was again condemning certain innovators and some valuable lessons we can take from these reports. Are there any questions you'd like to ask?